Taiwan reported 21 local COVID cases on Thursday. Eight of them have been linked back to a cluster at Kaohsiung Port, with the remaining of 13 were all reported in Taoyuan. Also on Thursday, officials announced that they had found a missing link between two clusters of unknown origin. Officials have found the missing link between a preschool outbreak and a cluster at a Taoyuan Ha Pot restaurant. It's the grandmother of a student at the preschool. She had a meal at the restaurant on January 16th. Case number 18631 had a meal at the Tiandu restaurant that day. She infected her grandson, who infected his older brother. The latter is a student at the preschool. We don't yet know the source of the infection, but now these two clusters with an unknown source of infection have become just one. Eight of the cases reported on Tuesday were connected to the restaurant preschool cluster. At 4.30 p.m. on January 16th, case number 18631 had a meal at the Tiandu restaurant on Jieshou Road in Bada District. We have sent text messages to more than 300 people and we're using location data to track every customer and get each of them tested. With COVID cases on the rise, Taiwan is seeing another rush for vaccines. The 21st round of vaccinations will offer 1.52 million booster shots. According to the CECC, as of 1 p.m. on Thursday, more than 1.19 million people had booked a shot. About 96.6 percent of all available Moderna doses have been booked, as well as 63.09 percent of available Medigen doses. The next most popular brand is Pfizer. Even 28.56 percent of all available AstraZeneca doses have been booked, even though the brand has not been recommended for boosters. First dose coverage is now at 81.48 percent, two-dose coverage at 74.22 percent, additional primary dose coverage at 0.67 percent, and booster shot coverage at 20.37 percent. Let's keep it up. If you're eligible for a vaccine, go get vaccinated. The CECC called on the public to get vaccinated to gain protection against COVID. It also announced that more COVID treatments had arrived in Taiwan. Following a shipment of Merck's antiviral pills earlier this week, Taiwan took delivery of 3,200 courses of Pfizer's COVID oral treatment on Thursday. Taiwan is the second country in Asia to receive the Pfizer treatment, second only to South Korea. We were also the second country in Asia to receive Merck's Molnupiravir after Japan. We might be the first country in Asia to have both of these treatments. Both treatments are recommended for patients with risk factors for severe COVID, such as diabetes and cardiovascular disease. They are both to be used within five days of symptom onset on patients not on ventilators. Pfizer's pills can be taken by patients as young as 12, and Merck's pill can be taken by people aged 18 and up. Starting Saturday, food and drink establishments in Taoyuan must operate at 50% capacity. The Taoyuan city government announced a decision on Friday, citing a surge in local COVID cases. Restauranters say the measure would take a heavy toll on their business. The locals are clamoring for even stiffer measures, including a blanket ban on dining in. We're at a breakfast shop with about a dozen tables. Due to COVID, Taoyuan has ordered restaurants to operate at half capacity starting Saturday. That's fine. I just get my food to go. I'd feel more at ease taking it home anyway. With COVID getting so bad, eating in and ordering to go each have its pros and cons. But to protect myself, I'd rather get takeaway. These locals say they'd feel safer getting food to go. K 
case numbers have soared in Taoyuan and many infections have been traced back to local restaurants. Taoyuan's mayor has already announced that starting January 29th, restaurants will have to operate at half capacity. Masks must remain on whenever leaving the table and karaoke machines and eateries must not be used. Usually families come out to eat together. If we don't have enough tables and it looks like there's not enough space, they'd rather not eat in at all. This restriction will have a big impact on us. This is comparable to the level 3 ban on dining in, which was ruinous for our business. Food and drink operators fear the impact of the new rule, and they say they hope level 3 is not imposed again. Meanwhile, one local says Taoyuan's new rule leaves too much room for interpretation and will have limited impact. He's calling for a jump to level 3 and a ban on dining in altogether. They should ban dining in immediately. The local government says 50%, but in actuality, practically speaking, there's no way for them to ensure that the restaurant operates at half capacity. Reducing capacity by 50% is not as good as banning it altogether. Although there are some cases with an unknown source of infection, we are following up on them with a very thorough investigation. We want this outbreak to be within a controllable scope. The mayor says that some infections are still being investigated and that it's not yet considering a ban on dining in. Restaurateurs say a blanket ban would deal a crippling blow to their livelihoods. This February, Tainan will downsize its major folk festivals to comply with the central government's COVID regulations. Nantian Temple, which is located downtown, has cancelled nearly all of its most popular spring festival events. Over in Yanshui District, the famous Beehive Fireworks Festival will be scaled down by about 80 percent. To reduce the risk of gatherings, tourists won't be permitted to set off fireworks during the two-day event. Usually around this time of year, the locals here throw themselves into constructing fireworks for the Yenshui Beehive Fireworks Festival. But this year, there's little hustle or bustle. Due to an outbreak of Omicron, the festival's two-day mass procession has been cancelled. I didn't set off the beehive rockets I bought last year either. I put them aside for this year, thinking I'd set them up closer to the date. But I feel that if the epidemic is still bad later on, the entire festival may be cancelled. Traditionally, pilgrims from all over the country follow a parade of palanquins, setting off fireworks along the way. This year, the parade has been cancelled, and tourists won't be permitted to set off firecrackers. Clusters of beehive rockets will be placed at 15 fixed locations. A single palanquin from a single temple will ignite the rockets at each location. Other local temples will not be permitted to send palanquins, and there won't be a parade formation. It can be said that the festival will be much reduced in scale by about 80 percent. Locals say the festival will be scaled down by about 80 percent, and even more if the epidemic worsens. Tainan's Nantian Temple, which worships Lord Guan, also plans to cut some of its annual spring festival activities. It's because of the epidemic. We have to abide by the government's policies. If this epidemic doesn't end soon, it will create a world of bother. In line with government directives, we have already cancelled our key celebrations. But the temple still plans to pass out red envelopes on Lunar New Year's Eve and to distribute lucky coins on the first day of the Year of the Tiger. People will enter the hall when their number is up. 
After they pray to the gods, they will receive a red envelope as a blessing. Nantian Temple will ask visitors to maintain a safe social distance while waiting in line for their red envelopes. Visitors must also wear a mask and complete real name registration. At long last, the Transport Ministry has finalized the location of the Yilan High-Speed Rail Station. The terminal will be located 350 meters south of Yilan County Hall. In the future, that site will also have a new TRA station. On Thursday, Yilan County Commissioner Lin Zimiao thanked the Transport Ministry to prioritizing Yilan's infrastructure. Let's hear from here. We hope that the high-speed rail extension project will begin as soon as possible. We want balanced development across the north, south, east and west. The high-speed rail extension will reach to a spot 350 meters south of Elan's administrative center. Broadly speaking, this station will be at County Hall. We would like to call on the central government to conduct comprehensive feasibility studies as soon as possible. The Elan County government will continue its efforts and work with the central government to ensure smooth transport and economic development. The new Elan station will add 59.3 kilometers to HSR network at a cost of about 180 billion NT dollars. Environmental impact assessments are expected to start after the Lunar New Year, but results may take at least two years due to the project's proximity to Xueshan. The Transport Ministry says construction could start as early as 2025, with completion by 2036. Once the station is up and running, travelers will be able to get from Yilan to Nangang in just 19 minutes. In homes across the country, it's time to enjoy the classic Lunar New Year meals. Fish is, of course, a must at this time of the year. But not all of us had ultimate time to rustle up New Year's feast. For those who want easiest fish dips possible, help is at hand. Convenience stores are providing more and more fresh meal options and expanding their investment in frozen goods. At this time of year, they're even tempting customers with whole fish. Vegetables and mahi-mahi are draped on the baking sheet and a dab of butter completes the dish. Into the microwave for a simple fish supper. You have to eat fish at New Year, like the saying, abundance every year. Almost everyone buys a fish to take home and cook. It's quite convenient. Sometimes I finish work a bit late and now I can buy a fish directly to take home. It feels so easy. The freezer cabinets of convenience stores once stocked little but hot pot ingredients and microwave meals. But increasingly, you'll find meat products, fish and seafood such as silvery pomfret, a classic New Year staple. This store also boasts whole Asian sea bass as well as sweet fish. As the pandemic drags on, many customers are looking to cook their New Year meals at home and demand for fresh products is high. Starting in 2019, we've continuously expanded our frozen range. Now we have frozen cabinets in more than 4,000 locations. Our main goal is the demand that we see for light cooking. The total turnover of Taiwan's convenience stores in 2021 was a staggering 360 billion NT. Floor space is worth its weight in gold for convenience stores. Dedicating cabinets to whole fish is an audacious pop at the fresh meat market, which could send ripples across Taiwan's retail landscape. Taiwan's GDP grew 4.88% year-on-year in the fourth quarter of 2021, according to a release from the statistic agency. That's 0.73 percentage points above the agency's projection. 
In 2021, Taiwan's economy expanded by 6.28%, the fastest rate in 11 years. External demand was quite strong, and it drove domestic chip manufacturers to accelerate the development of advanced manufacturing processes. There was also an impact on production capacity from returning Taiwanese companies. In addition, there was proactive expansion in green energy facilities, so there was a range of investment projects occurring simultaneously. Global production decreased, but demand did not. So these traditional industries performed the best they had in several years. Rising freight costs also pushed up the price of goods, and the higher price of goods led companies to raise their own prices. That pushes up profits. If the domestic surge eventually eases, Taiwanese companies will not see a reduction in revenue. What happens to profit will depend on the supply and demand issues of the individual industry. The industry representative says he's optimistic about the year ahead, so as long as the epidemic is brought to heel. But experts are taking a conversation view on growth in 2022, citing uncertainties like Omicron and U.S. monetary policy. The Taiwan Institute of Economic Research has projected a 4.1% GDP growth for the year. Last August, an underwater volcanic eruption near Japan released vast amounts of pumice rock into the sea. These tiny lightweight rocks have since made their way to Taiwan, posing a threat to local wildlife and ship engines. But as the saying goes, necessity is the mother of invention. In New Taipei's Wanli district, one man has built a simple machine that can quickly filter pumice from the ocean. Let's see how it goes. A triangular structure floats on the surface. Inside, a machine pumps water from the structure into a pipe. The water contains lots of pumice fragments. They are filtered through a net to catch even the small pieces. The main machine is underwater. It works like a siphon, sucking up the pumice into our pipes. This device was developed by diving instructor Wang Guochang. It uses a vacuum to draw water carrying small pieces of volcanic rock. It took half a month of testing before it was able to operate 24 hours a day. The machine saves a lot of work and time. It's automated and effective. It's also worth looking into putting more of them in fishing ports everywhere. And if more pumice suddenly floats into a port, we can rent one for a day or two to clean out the pumice. Last August, an underwater volcanic eruption near Japan released pumice into the ocean. The pumice has since been floating to Taiwan, threatening marine wildlife and fishing vessels. Small stones have gotten lodged in ship engines and broken down heat removal systems. It's dangerous and the repairs are expensive. They can ruin the whole engine and in severe cases it can cost the owner millions. For example, ours is lighter, so if you take it apart to wash it, it might cost you tens of thousands of NT to clear it out. Here in Wanli, every day we have to... Look, there are some people scooping the rocks out. It's high tide, so we can do that now. But in low tide, we can't do anything. We don't have enough manpower. There's so much and it's heavy. Before, fishermen used skimming nets to clear out the floating stones. Now, thanks to the machine, they no longer need to work so hard, saving time and energy. The machine's developers have provided design blueprints free of charge to support mass production and to help more fishermen clean out their ports.
The students step into the pool. She dons a headset and starts walking. This is a metaverse somatosensory device called GroundFlow, developed by Professor Han Bingshen and his students. It is a fluid and haptic feedback device that combines the five senses. It enhances immersion of virtual reality. This project called GroundFlow, we are trying to talking about uh, the multi-sensory feedback in metaverse. Like there is a haptic, not only visual and auditory, but also include the haptic smell. Sometimes we talk discussing about the taste. And this project more focused on the multi-flow in different kind of direction and trying to bring the more immersive, more engagement VR in the metaverse. Yeah. There's also a virtual reality leg rehabilitation device. Users wear a headset as well as trackers on their feet. This allows them to train and strengthen their legs through a virtual game. Professor Han says his team is currently cooperating with Taipei Medical University, and that device is already being used in the hospital to help patients. So in this game, the player was uh, dipping into the water and they trying to using their legs to do the swimming part. And they actually need to put this device between the legs and they have hard pressure. And then moving their feet, there is a two tracker on the um, on the feet. And when they're moving their feet, they actually can swimming in the uh, in the deep into sea. This is Taiwan's first R&D center focused on the metaverse and extended reality. The center is the brainchild of the head of National Taipei University of Technology's Department of Interactive Design, Cao Xiaoyue. The center provides software and hardware such as motion capture, VR and AR applications, virtual content production, electronic music, and 3D building software. Our uh, Metaverse R&D Center, we're trying to explore different kind of potential application in not only in VR, but also in AR and XR. So when we're talking about the, the Metaverse, we're not only doing the visual feedback, we're also doing auditory, smell, haptic, and the potential use is not only not, not only the game, because most of it developing with the game. We're also talking, explore about the health, the physical training, the um, mental training, the re relaxation, but also like can be, can be used in the VR education. Through the new center, the university hopes to spearhead the development of the metaverse industry in Taiwan, fostering new talent and technologies. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zhong Shuhui in Taipei. As we count down the days to the year of the tiger, demand for products to keep COVID at bay is once again soaring. Lots of us want to go out and make the most of the new year and keep safe at the same time. Online retailers say medical mask sales are up almost 50%, along with increase in demand for sprays. And high-tech hygiene gadgets, lots of businesses are upgrading their protocols too, especially in customer service industry such as hair and beauty. Lunar New Year is just days away, and many are heading to the hair salon to get brushed up. But COVID worries are rampant, and salons need to put in place extra hygiene precautions, while clients are vigilant about protecting their health. When we do our hair, we'll definitely touch the ears. If you have the string around the ear, it's hard to do the hair, so we use this tape to stick it down. But the mask can still protect us. There are screens between the clients. I think they do provide a bit of protection. 
you'll need to take your temperature as soon as you come in the door. Masks are everywhere and screens separate the clients. Lots of people crowded indoors is a risk, especially if ventilation is poor. So air disinfection machines are working over time. When consumers come here, whether they get their hair cut, permed or dyed, they're spending a long time actually. Of course, we do our best to ask them not to eat inside. Because of rising COVID cases, online retailers have seen a spike in sales of hygiene products such as this portable disinfection spray gun and ultraviolet disinfection devices, which are selling like hotcakes. Antiviral hand lotions have seen sales rise by 11%, says one retailer, but the top seller is still the medical mask, which has had almost 50% higher sales in recent weeks. Home appliances like this, both big and small, have grown in overall monthly sales volume by over 20% compared to last month. Every time COVID rears its head, the appetite for personal hygiene and disinfection gadgets soars again. It's time to enjoy the Lunar New Year while staying safe and sound.